0: There is a portion of scripture that I've been reading and quoting to you for the past three or four weeks. You'll find it in the book of Luke chapter number 18. And I read for you just one verse for time's sake only. And the Bible says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint that is not only a privilege but is an obligation and actually a command of God that men, women saved people ought to pray and not to faint if you were God and your people were not praying what would you do to get them to pray Give them another translation of the Bible. What would you do this morning to people who are too busy to pray, too successful and prosperous to pray, too self-sufficient to pray? If you were the Lord. What would you do to get people to pray? Just thought I'd let you think about that. And uh, well, why should we pray? And for the last two or three weeks, we've been talking about some reasons why we should pray. First reason I mentioned the other day was because God commands it. Men ought always to pray. Do you know anyone who has got too busy this week to really pray? Do you know anybody whose schedule was not conducive to God's kind of prayer? Well, preacher, I had to go to the doctor. I needed to go to the bank. I needed to take care of my job. But I didn't have time to pray. Why should we pray? We should pray because God commands us to. Well, my daddy used to say something. I did not ask him why. If my dad told me to pray, even if I had nothing to pray about, I would have prayed. But yet our Heavenly Father... Commands encourages the privilege of prayer, and yet we get too busy to practice and to come into the presence of God. Why should we pray? Because that's God's way of Christians getting things. It would be a lot easier to pray for it than it would to pay the interest rate at the bank. You might not need that new car. And if you trusted God in prayer till He provided it, you might be a whole lot better off. Amen. Have you ever thought of this? You might not need that other kid. I wish I'd have prayed before all six of mine. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about now. Don't, don't run out of here and say, well, the preacher's jumping on me. We need to pray because that is God's avenue by which he selected that we Christians get saved. Thirdly, we need to pray because that's God's way of giving us fullness of joy. I explained to you last week the difference in happiness and joy. Happiness is what's going on around you. Joy is what's going on inside of you. Happiness is what the world can do for us. Joy is what God can do in us and I believe with all of my heart we need to experience some of that joy. The Bible said, In thy presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. I just believe that David had it right in Psalms 51, after he'd committed uh, committed the, uh, the terrible sin, and after he'd fallen out of the will of God and out of God's graces, When he began to pray, Lord, return unto me the joy of thy salvation. See, joy comes from God. Happiness comes from things around us. Now, let's get serious today, would you? Let's, Let's just get serious. We should pray because. Solution to all of our trouble and the cure for all anxiety and worry. If I have turned it over to God, I don't need to be worried about it. And if God can't handle it, we're in a world of hurt to begin with. Philippians chapter number 4 and verse. Number 6 and 7, we should pray because it is God's solution to every problem and the cure for all anxiety and worry. Philippians chapter 4, I read for you verse number 4. Written by a man who's in prison waiting to have his head removed from his body for preaching the gospel. Paul writes to the Philippian church in jail, incarcerated, in chains, and says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Now he didn't get that out of a bottle. He didn't get that from old Dr. Foodunk Duncan, doctor can't do it, and doctor ain't never done it. He got his rejoicing from the Lord. Amen. Notice what he says now. Verse 6, Be careful for nothing. The word careful is the word that we can also translate anxious or worry. Be anxious... For nothing. Don't worry about anything. Don't fear what man can do to you. Notice, but in everything, by what? Got weak. You know, it's a lot easier to grab for a bottle of volume than it is to get a hold of God in prayer. But it's not near as lasting. But in everything, do what? Give thanks. You know, uh, for 29 years, I've circulated through the sanctuary shaking people's hands. And welcoming them, I'm kind of a, that kind of person. But I've got to quit it. Because with your attitude, it takes all the preach out of me. I don't know why you're mad at me. We have got the wrong perspective of trouble. We've all got troubles. I don't care who you are, the Bible said man that is born of woman is of a few days and full of trouble. The most discouraging thing I know of in all the world is shaking some of your hand on Sunday morning. Because ain't nobody got it as bad as you got it. It don't take much to rock our little ship. We're the only ones that has these earth-shaking problems. Why should we pray? <laughs> let's practice. Let's say amen all together one time, much. I don't want to jump on you. I do not want to browbeat you. Here's the problem. We have a wrong understanding and a misconception of what God is trying to do for us, in us, and through us. May I reiterate, if I'm not praying, what does God need to do to get me to pray? What would it take for you to get a strong prayer life, your wife with a divorce decree? Or somebody kicked your pet poodle? What would you do if you were God and you didn't have time to pray? Do you think God might try to get your attention? Yes, sir. Have I got your attention? Amen. Why should I pray? God told me to. That's the way I get things. And by the way, if you don't have the things that you think you deserve, won't you ask the one from which they come to open up the faucet instead of picking on everybody who's got what you don't have that you've been wanting so long. What would you do if you were God and this Aggie wasn't praying? He needs to pray just because he's an Aggie. If I were God And I couldn't get Kevin's attention. It'd start raining in his life. Clouds would gather strongly around him. Fences begin to get very tight. I'd make it so he would want to pray. Not only want to pray, but needs to pray. Thus, lay, we have troubles. Is there anybody here today that knows anybody who has troubles? Amen. Troubles come in all sizes and shapes. It can be health problems. It can be marital problems. It can be relational problems. But I'll but you, there's not one individual here today that does not have trouble. Well, maybe we need to get a better per- perception of what trouble really is for. Who controls the troubles in our life? Hello, is anybody home? You see, because trouble and prayer has a great interrelational issue, Trouble brings us to prayer. And prayer is nothing but our troubles in words. When do you pray the most? When do you pray more fervently? Somebody visited a church in Kentucky. That was a mistake. And during the service, one of the kids started acting up. Daddy yanked that little tow-headed thing up in his arms, as the folks in the Appalachian Mountains do. They still don't know political correctness in the Appalachian Mountains. He yanked it. little brought up and he was yelling and screaming his daddy was headed for the bathroom as he exited the auditorium you could hear the little boy please everybody pray now (laughs) amen we all come to the time in our life when we need to pray now And problems are interrelated. Problems always encourages prayer. And we have to realize today and we must get a biblical perspective of what's going on around us, what is God trying to do in us and through us, And instead of looking at our situation and blaming everybody in the world for our problems, we might ought to ask God, what do you want us to do in this problem? Make everybody around us feel miserable because you somebody spit in your post-toasties this morning? Make sure everybody in the church knows that you're mad. Is that why problems come our way? And so I just thought, uh, since we're praying, we ought to pray because God told us to. We ought to pray because that's God's avenue by which he has deemed that we get things. Amen. And we ought to pray because that's how we get fullness of joy. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and, in, uh, and pleasures at thy right hand forevermore. But, what should I do with all these problems? What's the source of all my problems? Now, I know the source of Kevin's. He's the source of... Well, what's the source of these problems that comes my way every single moment of the day? If the roof's not leaking, the walls are falling. Huh? And three out of eight buses don't run. Would somebody please quit? Messing with me? Now, I try to keep ginger happy all the time. But there are times. And I have a miserable failure. What is the source of all these problems? I think if we get the source of the problems, and then we look at the servitude of these problems, what service... Good are these problems to me? Why does God allow these things? And then the solution to all of these problems is not a psychiatrist or a bottle of pills. The solution to our problems is in Christ. Amen. Now what do you think about this in a minute. Is there anybody here today has less than two, two problems? If anybody here today don't have any problems other than you're a liar. (laughs) If you got up and took a deep breath, that was your first problem. What's the source of these problems? Man that is born of woman is of a few days and full of problems. I wrote down four avenues by which problems arrive in my life. I'm not talking about yours so you don't have to get mad at me. I'm talking about me. Four avenues by which I experience problems every day. But now do not ever be out of mind. God may not institute the problem, but God always involves himself in the problem for your good. God may not institute it. For instance, don't blame God for who you married. God did not say, I do. You do it. Don't get mad at God if your dog didn't work out. He didn't know the dog. You did. He may be using a sorry dog to work on your patience, but God, God will always take the situation and work it together for our God. The source of all of my problems, the first source has got to be me. Irresponsibility. Irresponsible decisions. Immaturity. God calls it youthful lust. Carelessness. Disobedience and on, it could go about, I am the daddy of my problems. Yep. Amen. Don't blame the preacher for how your kids turned out. He didn't have them. Don't yeah. right. yeah. blame the preacher. If your mother has been turned off, yeah. it's your responsibility to pay the bill in the world my problems most generally are generated by me I could have a good afternoon if I didn't preach like this everybody would call me in the afternoon and tell me what a great guy you're a preacher for preaching about heaven and how wonderful everything is but I want to tell you something that's not the case We got a problem in America. Our problem is not we don't have enough candidates for president in the Republican Party. (laughs) I think the Democrats need some more in their deal. And we're in a mess in America. Now we can either whine about it or we can blame. President Obama for it. We can blame our educational institutions for it, or we might do what the Bible said: if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, it's not much fun praying as it is complaining not as much fun praying as it is blaming everybody else for where we are. Let me ask you something. Are you listening? Who allowed it to get the way it is? Have we in America been praying? No, we kicked prayer out of school. No, we kicked it out of the White House, courthouse, and even the church house. So if you were God and you wanted your people to pray, what would you do? Come on now and say amen from some of you. Kevin, say amen, would you? Amen. Because me and you ain't afraid of anybody, right? As long as you're on my side, I'm not afraid of anybody, okay? You're in charge of fighting, I'm in charge of preaching, okay? Somebody asked the other day, he said, how did you become president of one of the roughest gangs in California? I said, the president didn't have to fight. <laughs> and I've been a chicken all my life, so just get political, right? I am the problem. But sometimes trouble comes my way, not because of myself, but because of others who are Neglectful, who are insubordinate, who are childish, who makes foolish decisions, and sometimes my problems are not self-imposed, but sometimes my problems and troubles are imposed by others. And then there's the devil. Why should he let us rest? He's the deceiver, the devourer, the destroyer, the liar who wants to damn everything that's holy and right. And if God wants me to live holy, guess how the devil wants me to live? I'm holy. And if God wants me to pray, that's what the devil not want me to do. So he'll just get me too busy doing other things, and I become blatantly disobedient to God because of a problem either self-induced or others-induced or satanic-induced and sometimes my problems might be God-induced trying to get my attention. Does God need to get our attention, are we a little bit busier than we need to be to pray, to have a relationship with God, to read his book, to read his word, to guide our lives? Maybe sometimes these problems that come my way. The Bible said, I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. It's just possible now that you might be where you are, because God would like to hear from you. Is that a possibility? Men ought always to pray. Are you praying? And not to faint. Are you fainting? in your relationship with the Lord. Maybe, just maybe the source of our problems could be either myself or others or Satan or God. The source of my problems why does problems come? Wouldn't it be better that God save us, set us on a rock, surrounds us with watermelons and ice down Pepsis and sweet tea, run a cow by every once in a while so we can cut off a steak, and we just sit on the proverbial religious rock and every day is coming up roses sunshine and a good time wouldn't that be nice Ah. we would get so indifferent so unappreciative that it would absolutely blow your mind have a purpose. Trouble is God's servant in your life. Trouble will either make you or break you. Trouble will either drive you to God, drive you away from God. The same God that loves you has a plan for you. Romans 8:28 says, you remember what it says? All things, Work together for good to them that love the Lord. How long has it been since you looked at your trouble as one of God's servants to take you where God wants you? To make out of you what God wants you to be? To finish the job of conforming you into the image of God's dear son. And instead of complaining to everybody around you, what's going on? You thank God that you have the spiritual perception to realize who really is in control. Boy, I thought this would be a better sermon than this. Just falling terrible flat. Trouble serves God's purpose in your life. All trouble in my life exists by divine permission and is under God's control. You need to realize that. In your Bible, in the book of Joel, it's kind of hard to find. If you don't have a paper clip on it, forget it. Pages stick together, you're in trouble, just like me. Listen to what God said to the prophet Joel. He said in verse 25 of chapter 2, I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, and the cankerworm, and the caterpillar, and the worm, my great army which I sent among you. God says, I am in so much in control, I control the caterpillar, I control the cankerworm. worm, I control the locust that I have to you to get your attention, my great army. There's nothing going on in your life that God is not in control of. There's nothing going to happen to you next week that God is not aware of. You see, I I just believe we need to realize the fact that problems and troubles and situations are in our life and they are God's servants to bring us to where we really need to be. And listen to me. you pouting about it. It's not going to change it. This church is full of powders. I tell you, I'm just hoping that God don't keep your face in the position it was the last time you talked to me. Because you will get the award for the world's ugliest Christian. That <laughs> is not the answer. Faith is the answer. Either God is control or He's not in control. And there's nothing that happens in our life. God may not originate it, but God did involve Himself in it, and He is involved in it just to get us to where we need to be spiritually. Problems and troubles has different sources, but it has... A particular reason in my life. You'd think after 40 some years in the ministry, 30 almost years in the same church, that folks would realize, your pattern is not going to change me. Your problems are not to change me. Your problems are given to you to change you. Amen. Amen. I can go back over my life and grow from the experience of the problems that I've had Amen. and thank God for where he has brought me if I will allow my problem To be his servant instead of the devil's servant. Instead of pouting when I shake your hand, just write it down on a card. I'm mad at you. Now you haven't done anything, but I'm mad at you, so now I don't have to pout and get my face in such a position Now you know. I'm mad at you. Problem source. Problem servitude. Are you allowing God to work in your life through your problems? Because problems and troubles and prayer are interrelated. You cannot. Divorce the two. God says, "I want you to pray." And if you won't pray, I'll get you willing to. I'll send the canker worm on your crops. I'll send the locusts on your crops. I'll dry the skies from rain. I'll let it be hundred and six in Joshua. But God says, "I know how to get you to pray." I'll use my servants to get you to pray. Problems. Troubles. Well, what should we do? Why should I pray? i tell you why. Because it's the way God solves all my problems. Instead of now jumping in and trying to kick all everybody's shins that's in the situation. I just have learned why don't we wait a while? You know, if you could kick the person in the fanny who's responsible for your troubles, you probably wouldn't be able to sit down for a month. Amen. Well, since I got you mad, what do you think we ought to do? Pray. That's what we ought to have done to start with. The Bible said men ought always to do what? Pray. And not to do what? Fain. God's solution to the trouble and God's cure for all of our worry. Trouble often drives us to prayer, but the prayer is the voice of men who are in trouble. You see, it was the angel of the Lord who delivered Peter out of the jailhouse, but it was the prayer of God's saints that summons the angel. Quit blaming everybody in the world. Enjoy your education. Thank God. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and stars. Thank God. We just need the right perspective of what's going on. Get your head out of television for a minute. Get your spiritual mind back. And realize that God is working in you according to his good pleasure. Not yours. Amen. Well, what should we do? We should pray. Bless the Lord. Psalm 50 verse 15 Call on me in the day of trouble. And I will deliver the and thou shalt glorify me. If we will pray during trouble, it enables us to see the wise conclusion. If we will pray during trouble, it drives us away from unbelief. If we pray during our troubles, it would save us from doubting that things are going to work out. If we are during times of trouble, it would deliver us from vain and foolish questions. Why is this happening to me? Of all the people in the world that don't deserve this, it's got to be me. Why? Vain and unwise conclusions. God knows what we need better than what we need. And we do. And we just don't like God's way. I want to close. You say, I hope so. Psalms 34. I want to close today with Psalms 34. Men have always to pray. Why? Because it's the solution to all my problems and a cure. For all anxiety. Amen. Psalms 34 and verse six. Prayer is our great problem solver. Verse six. Verse I mean chapter 34. I have sought the Lord. And he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. That's verse 4 and I look at 6. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his what? Preacher, what kind of experience do you have preaching like this? How long have you been here? Twenty-nine years I've been here. Twenty-nine years I've seen the problems from a storefront to a building, to another building, another building, another building, and another building, and another building, and, another building. and a budget of $600 a month, almost $2 million a year. No problems, 25 families on staff, salary every week, nothing to it. Do you think all this is taking place without problems, without troubles? Well, preacher, what do you know about it? Oh, I had nervous breakdown two or three times. I get up every morning. I read one time that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. No, I'm not going to argue with you. I'll pray. For you and about you. But I'm not going to argue with you. It is my job to talk to God, not appease you. Amen, man. But preacher, you you, you ought not be that way. Let me tell you something. Prayer is our problem solver. Look at verse 17. Prayer is our troubleshooter. Verse number 17 of the book of Psalms, verse 34. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their... What's the next word? What should we do? We should pray. Prayer is our spiritual stabilizer. Look at verse 18. The Bible said, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. And saveth them such as of a contrite spirit. What should we do? We should pray. Prayer is our affliction fixer. Verse 19. The Bible said, And many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. that God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble why should we pray it beats the doctor why should we pray it beats complaining about everything in the world Why well, is our Supreme Court then so far to the left? Maybe God's trying to teach a nation the power of prayer. Why well, is our political system such a mess? Maybe God's trying to get us to uh, pray. Mm-hmm. Why well, so much misunderstands among God's people? Maybe God is trying to get us to pray. Is anybody here? I thought I'd just drop by today and tell you that men ought always to pray and not to fail.